Before we begin, I'd just like to remind you that this episode is also available as a video. So if you'd like to check out myself and Andy in all our uh, glory, then head over to youtube.com forward slash at Pottywood. Hello everybody and Happy New Year and welcome to another season of Pottywood, the show that talks about movies with the people who make movies. I am one of your co-hosts, Steve Hester, and joining me as always is... Oh, that would be me. Andrew Roger Carson. I'm back from Los Angeles, naturally, because we've had Christmas and yep. cold weather and ice and storms Snow and, and before... wind. Before we carry on here, we've had some uh, kind of technical issues with the equipment. So this is why we've kind of gone back to this form. Uh, just for the time being, we're going to be back to uh, a different form. We've just kind of had to not riverside on the head at the moment, because as people yeah. knew, it kind of just gave us shit loads of problems. Yeah, uh, we were having we had... some issues. So uh, I guess this is the return of Pottywood. And I just want to say a huge thank you to all of our new subscribers that we have had. We have had quite yes. a few uh, since our 100th episode. Yes, our, our 100th slash Christmas slash whatever the hell that actually was episode. Don't count them, honestly. Um, we had a fantastic quiz uh, and our subscribers have gone up, which is brilliant. So thank you very much. And if you're just listening to this for the first time for the audio version, then hello as well. You know, hello's all round. Welcome to our warm, loving Pottywood family. Yes. It was also very warm an hour ago. <laughs> Before We're Steve forgot to, talk to about press that. record. We're not going to talk about that. We're not going to talk about that. But here this, we are. This is already a fake smile as it is. Let's not talk about that. <laughs> I'm going to make you laugh about it because Christ this is the first time it's happened in a long, long time. So yeah, it has. Going to get raised for it. Um, but that's just the devil I am. Oh, and speaking of the devil I am, let's jump into uh, what's in the box from last year. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is annoying me now because my segue was better. Okay. Yeah, well, you should press record and you would have it done. It is from 2006. Ooh. It, we may have effectively, you may have seen every movie from 2007 now, and that's where we are. Don't jinx it. Whatever you do, don't jinx it. Uh, yeah, the Devil Wears Prada. Uh, you have the 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 wonderful Meryl Streep as a uh, as a as a doyen. Is that the right word? Doyen. As, as a wonderful. I'll go with it. I'll, I'll go, go with, with it, it anyway. Uh, as as a as the head of this magazine called Runway, and she is an absolute b word for the YouTube censors. She is the devil in Prada of the title of the film and she is a very very domineering career driven uh very very focused individual who has just zero empathy and zero time for anyone she is the boss because she knows how to be a boss and into this world comes uh Anne Hathaway's character who's a lovely homely down-to-earth slightly dower dresser no interest in uh in in fashion uh a plain jane yes so to speak um and she doesn't really want to get into the world of fashion she just wants to get into the world of journalism and getting involved with this magazine for a year is probably the best way that she knows to secure any job that she wants in the future unfortunately that does mean having to survive meryl streep it is a it, it's actually quite an easy watch and i was surprised at just 
how easy it was going to be. I don't know why. Something in my head was saying that it would be it'd be a lot nastier. Yes, it's nasty, and yes, there is there's some really really maltreatment of uh, of the characters, particularly by Meryl Streep's character. But um, at the end of the day, I was expecting the claws to be properly out. And yes, there's bitchiness, but it doesn't feel like they're properly sticking in. Uh, mm -hmm. We have to talk about her. The director was David Frankel, uh, which is a name that uh, you may not associate with uh, a lot of big movies. I think The Devil Wears Prada is probably his best movie, uh, probably mm -hmm. his biggest movie as well. Uh, he did direct uh, stuff like Band of Brothers uh, back in the day. He was uh, director on certain episodes of that. Um the movie has uh, a fantastic uh, ensemble of stars and yes. uh, Adam Grenier as well. Um, so we've got a girl in here, uh, Anne Hathaway. Uh, this was her breakout from the Princess Diaries role, the Ella Enchanted, you know, the Disney princess. Yeah, getting by. away from all that kiddie fodder, I think is probably yeah, the best yeah, way to describe it. Yeah, her and Enchanted. Um, yeah. it's not her best role. I still say her best role is Le Miserable. Yeah, she's fantastic in that. Definitely yes. deserved the Oscar. Meryl Streep, uh, Miss Hollywood herself, the greatest actress of all time, probably. Mm -hmm. uh, definitely the greatest living actress of all time. Uh, this is this is how good Meryl Streep is. You love that character when she is on screen, and you are not supposed to love that character. Exactly, she is supposed yeah. to be, you know, the most horrible piece of elite trash <laughs> that's ever graced the screen, the boss you want to hate. Uh, it's basically Anna Wintour from Vogue magazine. Mm. Um, you know, Vogue was that dance that replaced the Hammer Time dance in the 90s. Uh, is it Meryl Streep's best role? No, it's it's still out of Africa for me. I still have a, a very big fondness for um, that movie and her performance in that. Uh, I think the movie definitely does belong to Emily Blunt. Yes. Uh, making not a, rhyming slang. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> it belongs to Emily Blunt. Em. Um, Emily Blunt. This was one of her first movies. Definitely her breakout movie. I think she mm. had. Oh, she was great uh, in this. Yeah. She had a small role in something. I, I know the story of how she got this role. And it was because she went to 20th Century Fox at the time, which was a real studio before, you know, it just became a, a landmine of offices. Before the mouse. Yes, before, before the mouse came in and dominated. Actually, you know what? Before this mouse. Because, yeah, you're in the public domain now. We can use this. Just don't put the gloves on. Nope. Um, yeah, uh, Emily Blunt had gone to audition for a dragon movie called Aragon. Mm -hmm. I believe that's what it's called. Even that was Dungeons yeah. and Dragons, because I know Jeremy Irons was in it. I'm, I'm sure, sure he was he in was, both. He was in both. Yeah, he was in both. Yes. Aragon was about mid-2000s, yeah. Yeah, you put the irons in those fires. Um, and it really is her movie, and she wouldn't have kind of got this role if she hadn't have bombed so badly in her audition that she was having a meltdown in the car park on the phone at 20th Century Fox and an executive of this movie actually saw her and then requested in the office, who is that actress? Because she just has everything we need for this character. Is mm -hmm. this her best role? No. I am no. going to go, and, and Bill's going to love this. Um, I think her best role is Edge of Tomorrow, the one she did with Tom Cruise. Uh, I think that is her 
best role so far. Anne Hathaway, her boyfriend, and her mates are a complete pack of dicks. Uh, I watched this movie again over Christmas. Uh, they are. Adam Grenier has zero chemistry on screen with Anne mm. Hathaway to the point where it's not even a plot point when they kind of do the whole breakup thing. He is kind of just wall dressing in this in his movie. He is. He's just there. He, he does um, next to nothing. And this is probably the best thing that he's ever done. Um, and of course, as you mentioned, Stanley Tucci, the, Stanley the Tucci. ever reliable Stanley Tucci. Um, Who is, is fantastic. I, I, always, I love this character. Always fantastic. I, as I said, it's, he's the only guy who can elevate a Transformers movie and dropping an F-bomb in it that he completely ad-libbed. And they kept it in. <laughs> it's just, they need to with that bloody movie. However, but, there is uh, there is one thing that we haven't discussed with this film, and it is oh, the Mentalist. Oh, it is actually the Mentalist. It is okay. actually the Mentalist. We seem to be stuck in this time loop, this twin time loop of going back to the year two thousand seven and the Mentalist. Every guest that we interview has been in the Mentalist at some point, and all the films that we review seem to be coming from two thousand and seven. The two are converging, and we got so close to meeting that proper convergence. We're just what a few months out. It is bizarre. I, I do have love for the Devil Wears Prada. Um, it still has quite a bit of appeal. I know Holly Titchen from the uh, Christmas quiz. Hi, Holly. Hi, Holly. How are you? Um, she is a fan of this movie. She loves The Devil Wears mm. Prada. So I'm not going no, to... No, I can understand. I can understand it. Too much. Um, but no, it's, it's, it's one of those, as Bill would say, shitty Fox movie. No, it's... Um... <laughs> the whole thing is kind of like, it's a morality tale. Um, it's about what you're willing to give up to achieve your goal and yeah. how much you're willing to sacrifice. Um, and ultimately, you know, it gets to a point where Anne Hathaway, spoilers, when Anne Hathaway decides, no, she, she, she doesn't want that lifestyle anymore. And she walks away from it. Um, and I think, you know, Meryl Streep's actually quite content with that. She realizes that someone's actually kind of stuck to their guns for once and, and done what they actually thought as opposed to just being a line of identical women who are just coming in just because they want to work on the magazine or she's actually doing something that she wants to do. So you can respect that. I know for a fact most people say, well, to be honest, that's a very kind of toxic work environment and oh, it's incredible. very bullying. You know, they don't even get mental health days off or anything. Um, Especially not in the States. Jesus Christ. Oh God, no. Um, but no, um uh, I like I say I do love uh, the Devil Was Prada. I think it was a great movie. Uh, not something that I would rush out to watch again. I've seen it and that yeah. is it. Yeah, same, same. Uh right. So that's on to my next one, which is uh rewinding all the way back to nineteen eighty two. When we were little four year olds. Well, maybe you. I was three. the The movie that we are talking about is Fast Times at Ridgemont High, the 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 coming of age teenage sex comedy um, that I think is definitely better remembered in the US than it is over here. I think exactly. it's definitely 
No, I do. I think I think it's something which is uh, is is more of a cornerstone of the the American experience as opposed to the British experience of high school, which is very very different, very very different. Trust me on this. Um, yeah, it's an ensemble film uh, featuring loads of uh, small time actors at the time who later went on to do big things. You've got uh, Phoebe Cates who appears in this scene. <laughs> Hi guys, Steve here. Just wanted to quickly pop in and say that over the next 10-15 minutes we are going to be making constant reference to this particular scene from Fast Times at Bridgemont High where Phoebe Cates very famously gets out of the pool and takes the top of her red bikini off. Now we know that this joke doesn't really translate that well into audio, but if you want to get the full effect you can hop over to our YouTube channel which is youtube.com forward slash at bodywood. Thanks. Then you've also got her Gremlins co-star Judd Reinhold, who then later went on to be in Beverly Hills Cop with John Ashton. Hey guys, got a new movie coming out soon, haven't you? Call us. Summer. Yeah. Um, then you've got um, Sean Penn as Jeff Spicoli who is just the epitome of the the stone surfer dude. If you've seen any interpretation of the stone surfer dude, the, all right, dude, that kind of character. Basically spawned Bill and Ted. Pretty much. Uh, Michelangelo from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And it, it, yeah. Am I wrong? You're not even wrong. Oh, my God. No, no it's the pizza, dude. It, there's even pizza. Eastman and Led stole Michelangelo wholesale from this movie. You've also got a couple of little tiny, little tiny background actors, including one Nicholas Coppola, um, who apparently went on to have quite a large career. I don't, I don't know if anyone's seen anything of him lately, but uh, yeah, he's in it. Um, and uh, and of course you've got Jennifer Jason Lee as I would actually go on a limb and say she's probably the main character here. Because a lot of the stuff is being seen through her yeah. eyes more than anybody else's, I think. Even though it is an ensemble. Yeah, I, I, I think Spicoli is more of a kind of... Sean Penn is more of a kind of uh, appearing character. I think Jennifer yeah. Jason Lee, Judge Reinhold, I think, also. Um, yeah, Spicoli's it, it, more it, of a tertiary character. He's like Bluto yeah. in, in Animal House. He just kind of pops in every now and again, does a bit, and then vanishes while the other people kind of carry on with the rest of the movie. Yeah. Um, I will say this, though. It has not aged well. Neither has the 80s. No, no. There's, um, there's a few moments in this where Jennifer Jason Lee's character, who is 15... Um, basically gets laid numerous times. And the first time around is with a guy who is, who claims to be 26. And she claims to be 19. And he has her age a couple of times. And she keeps saying, no, I'm 19 when she's not. And that whole thing right at the very, very beginning of the movie. I think that kind of tipped it for me. And I was just very, very uncomfortable watching it from then on out. The, I, I wanted there to be more. I wanted it to be more like Animal House. I wanted it to be more kind of brash and outlandish and kind of revel in just the the sheer chaos of hormones of, of, of teenage years. But the funniest bit really is when Spicoli orders a pizza to the classroom and the pacing on it is so very slow. And I just, I don't know, I didn't, I wasn't laughing 
at this comedy. Sorry, I just wasn't. Well, I guess you've got to thank God for this scene. Oh, yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. I really did like that scene. Yes. Um, well, funny enough about that scene, um, Judge Reinhold's uh, masturbatory scene, um, he actually did have a dildo in his hand. And the look on Phoebe Kate's uh, face, the reaction was 100% genuine because she actually thought it was his knob out. And I, think, I hope he uh, picked a big one. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> you don't want to pull that prank and then get a tiny little one, do you? Well, you, you, you've you've seen what he pulls out of the trunk in Beverly Hills Cop too. Um, the banana and the tailpipe. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose uh, the only way you could really make uh, that scene great is if you lifted that entire scene, masturbatory scene, and just spliced it just after the end of this scene in Gremlins in the bank. Okay, let, let's talk here. This was uh, at a time when women directors, uh, you didn't have a lot of them in the early 80s, especially doing mainstream no. studio films. And this was the first time for first-time director Amy Heckling. And that is a name that uh, a lot of people will probably know throughout the 80s and 90s. Uh, in the 90s, she would um, redefine the teenage movie again with uh, Felicia Silverstone in Clueless. Which is what you have when you don't have a popular detective board game. <laughs> D. Throwback. <laughs> I like it. Nice throwback there. Uh, Amy Hepling, uh, she also directed um, European Vacation. Yeah, Look, it's not my favorite. Ben, how's it a parliament? Yep. And um, obviously, that, that one with the talking Bruce Willis baby. Uh, Look who's talking. Look who's talking. I didn't mind the first one. First one I quite yeah. enjoyed. The rest of them just literally went to the dogs. Literally. <laughs> literally. Part three, yeah. Well, yeah, that last we remember of that. Also, um, this was one of the first scripts for Cameron Crowe. Um, yes. Um, and all I can think of is he must have been writing this with just the biggest direction in the world. Yes, probably to this scene. He was married to um, the lead singer of the 80s rock band Hearts. She actually appears in the movie as well in a scene with uh, Judge Reynolds when he gets pulled over the car next to her. Oh, um, yes, when he's got his stupid pirate hat on. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That one. Um, you know, and, and other than John Hughes, uh, Cameron Crowe had his finger on the pulse of uh, being an 80s teenager all the way up to I'll Say Anything with John Cusack in the boombox. Um, you mentioned, obviously, uh, Nicholas Coppola, mm -hmm. uh, Nicholas Cage, as we know him today. But back then, he was underage at 17 years old, lying about his age, just so he can get the role in the movie of flipping burgers and working nights, which he should not legally have been able to do at his age. Uh, that's what the industry does to you, just makes you a liar. Um yes. Most of the cast, and there's some really, you know, huge names in there, really noticeable names throughout 80s cinema and even all the way through to today. Um, most of them have only ever done one movie or two movies. Uh, yeah, a lot of them was incredibly fresh faces, including, obviously, you've got three Best Actor Oscar winners in there. Yes. Um, you have Sean Penn. Yes. Forrest Whitaker, who shows up as the football player yes. 
like the first half of the film and then vanishes. Yes. Um, and then Nicolas Cage, yeah. Yeah, you only need two of them an hour ago, you bastard. Uh, <laughs> Thank heaven also, for retakes, our folks. It makes you have uh, best. You also have a best supporting actress in there in Jennifer Jason Lee. Uh, she was nominated. She didn't win, ah, but right. she was nominated. That's that's fair enough. And it was a, a great role. Universal, the, the studio behind this, had zero faith in this movie. They really thought that they were going to have a dud, and effectively, they were only going to release it on the West Coast because obviously it's a San Diego high school. Um, playing Van Nuys High School, I believe it was. Yeah. Uh, so they were just going to let it fade out and then go straight to cable TV, but it became incredibly popular on the West Coast, and then it called for it to be um, released even further. Uh, it was controversial for the time. Um, when it was released in Ireland, uh, they cut the entire abortion scenes out. Uh, yeah. And any reference of it because of you know, their, their kind of views. They'll probably uh, do the same thing now in Texas. So, what kind Not of really. which character were you most relatable to? Um, given out of all of them, I think I'd probably be closest to Rat, really, because okay. he he's he's probably the most grounded out of all of them behind Judge Reinhold. But then Judge Reinhold has also got a job and he's got a car and he's you know he's pretty confident in what he does. Whereas Rat, he's just a bit gawky, a bit gangly, needs help. And I was like yeah. that, you know. I was, I was, I was absolute bunch of dorkishness when I was a kid. So, uh, I, I think I'd probably be a spicoli. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Know, I, I was just a, a complete bum. Uh, you won't. We are that. missing one character from <laughs> this that we haven't talked about. Even the last time we tried to record this, we haven't talked about it. And it's not an actual person. It's a place. It's the Sherman Oaks Galleria. Yes. How it used to look. Yes. Kind of round about the time of Commando and, uh, <laughs> yes. yeah, and all those early 80s films. If you yep. needed a mall in an early 80s film, boom, it was the Galleria. This has a little bit of history, this movie, uh, because... Uh, when it was released on VHS, it had the most worn-out section of tape every single time it was rented out for, well, I guess it was this scene. So what you're saying is that lots and lots of people were pausing the tape just to watch this scene? Yep, and uh, okay. when you used okay. to rent it from uh, the shops, uh, it would always kind of be uh, part of the way through the tape, and funnily enough, when it's, as soon as you put it in, you'd see this scene. And funnily enough, uh, in a bit of an ode to uh, my late mum and my stepdad, uh, when they rented it out from uh, Video Vision back in the day, uh, sure enough, they put it in the video recorder. Now, when this is a bit of history lesson for people. When you yes. used to put a tape into a VCR, it would automatically play. Right, yeah. For some strange reason, it would always automatically play, and when they put this tape in, it came on, and I saw for the first ever time this scene. That was my first introduction to a woman, and probably the reason why I am the way I am. Yes, yes, that kind of explains a lot. It does. Um, yeah. It's worn out, that. right? Just like the uh, the the 
what is it basic instinct and the uh, the police station scene yeah again pausing it <laughs> yes. yes different now people. why is this blu-ray got a hole through the middle uh mm. <laughs> <laughs> don't know why can't I find the pause button? Oh, the emblem's rubbed off. That's why. Um, <laughs> and that wasn't the only thing. Uh, Spicoli uh, was synonymous uh, with Sean Penn. A lot of people associate Sean Penn and Spicoli as the character. He did it that kind of well and iconic. Is his best role? No. Uh, I'm still going to go out and say Clint Eastwood's movie, Mystic River. His role in that mm-hmm. movie is the best thing that Sean Penn has done, in my view. People may disagree, and you are welcome to put it in the comments if you do. I just won't give a shit. Um, Jennifer Jason Lee. Uh, as people know, I am a huge fan of The Hitcher. And uh, she was fantastic in that movie, but I think her best role still to this day is the one she was Oscar nominated for also. And that was The Hateful Eight. And uh, if you've not seen that movie, it is phenomenal. And she is just phenomenal through the entire movie. Mm. Uh, let's talk George Reinhold. Uh, obviously, this this movie um, kind of rubs on his name more than he rubs on himself in this movie. Yeah. Uh, but it is not his best movie, obviously. That would be Billy Rosewood. In Billy Beverly Rosewood. Oscar. I've got a um, soft spot for vice versa, but then again, that's just me. Ooh. Ooh. And his jumpers in the Santa Claus. Ooh, um, no. no, I'd rank Beverly Hills Cop, and we get to see him return as Billy Rosewood this year. His yeah. fourth time against John Ashton's third time. Third time. Because Beverly Hills Cop 3 is sadly a thing. Um, Phoebe Cates, yes. Uh, I am going to say this is probably her best role. Uh, and a lot of people are going to say Gremlins. Um, yeah, yeah, Gremlins. But I think Gremlins is more of an, an overall experience um, with, with kind of all of this cast and the Gremlins are the main star. I would say that this would probably be her most iconic role, and I think she does fantastic in it. Because if you didn't have that, you'd have to go with Drop Dead Fred, and it's not a great movie, even though it no. does have Rick Mayo in it. Um, so, yeah, uh, I do like Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Uh, I have grown up with Fast Times at Ridgemont High. I do believe it's right up there and probably the top five best high school movies. Mm. There are. I was not a fan. I cannot. I just found the whole experience a little bit creepy, more or less some funny bit one note. Nah, I'm I'm not going back to this one. No. And that's fair enough. And that is what's in the box uh, for yes. this week. And I think from there, we kind of seek into uh, some kind of special anniversaries this time. Ooh. We watch them again all of the time. Oh, we get them on Prime for free. We only know how old they are when we learn their anniversary. Ah, well, the anniversary section for those new viewers who are wondering, what's the anniversary section? Well, obviously, we're talking about specific times in films that go back 10 years. Okay, so we go back, say, from 40 years to 30 years, Mm -hmm. 20 years to 10 years of movies that were released and there were in the box office and stay. This is the part of the show that makes you feel really old. Really old. Yes. Really old. Really old. Uh, and we decided to kind of start with the 80s. So we go back to like 1984. So what was that at the time? Well, from what I can tell you, the number one movie uh, of this time, 40 years ago, will be Terms of Endearment. Oh. Which was, yes. Okay. Well, what? 
What? No, I was I was just hoping for something a little bit more fun, like Back to the Future, but I know that didn't come out until the next year, or Terminator, or, you know, something that was a bit more fun and adventurous, or whatever. Are you yeah. saying in terms of endearment, it's not a fun movie? It's not, uh, no, but no, it's got no, Jack Nicholson there in uh, a pretty cool role that should have been Burt Reynolds, but you know, it's he's Jack. not in a hot tub with Kathy Bates. I'm not interested. What were the movies that were released then? Because Terms of Endearment was released around the Christmas time, mm-hmm. so it was the leading movie, it was making the most money for January. It is the, the big earner. Uh, and obviously the lead into the Academy Awards as well, where it scooped up a whole bunch of awards. Now, we kind of know here from when we had Bill Daly on the show that it kind of becomes the dumping ground for a lot of movies uh, over the years. The movies that the studios think this thing is not going to make any money. Let's just chuck it out during the awards season. The studios have eaten all of the good films during the summer before, and now they've just pooped out the remaining into this turd bowl. Uh, And... Bill's going to get a good laugh at some point, uh, twice. Um, mm-hmm. So in 1984, uh, the biggest movie released in January, so the biggest earning January release movie was Hot Dog the Movie. This was the, the fast food era of movies. So around this time, there was a movie called Hamburger the Movie. And of course, uh, this is Hot Dog the Movie. Obviously, you also have Kentucky Fried Movie, Fried I movie. Guess, which is a bit different. Yeah, very yes. different. Here's what else came out that time. A Steve Martin movie was released called The Lonely Guy. Right? Okay, not heard of that one. Which uh, is a really funny movie. And it has Charles Grodin in it as well. And you okay. think with that double team, it would just like scoop and, and win the crowd over. Uh, but it didn't. It, it didn't um, amount as much in January. And adding to that, Woody Allen had a movie out around this time called Broadway Danny Rose, uh, starring yeah, Danny Rose, at least. which is a great movie. It really is. It's a really underappreciated movie in um, Woody Allen's uh, resume. Uh, but that didn't make. Uh, as much money as Hot Dog the movie. So uh, maybe that's what Judge Reinhold had in his hands all along. Maybe. Maybe. Just want to know if he had it with any sauce. Special sauce. There were. Uh, But that is uh, the scene of 1984. So because this is a bit different than our regular anniversaries, I thought it was an interesting take. Uh, We're going to move ahead. 10 years so, to 1994. All right. Now this this was my this was my special this was when I was properly into my movies around about this time. So I should at least have seen a few of these. Okay. So hit me, Daddy-O. <laughs> I bet you haven't. Um okay. <laughs> Probably not. The biggest <clears throat> movie that was released prior to January. So the number one movie at the box office uh that took the biggest earnings in January was the Tom Hanks starring Philadelphia. His graduation yeah. to um, more dramatic fare. He Brilliant film as well. Behind. It is. It yeah. is an amazing film. And it was Always cry at the end of that one. Real surprise. Oh, yeah. 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 Everyone seems to cry at the end of that Oh, one. that The use of uh, City of Brotherly Love, that song, is it just panning over his, his wake. Oh, yeah. Ah, every time. Yeah. The Springsteen. That, that song was all over the charts around that time. Um, 
So the biggest movie that was released in January of that year, The Dumping Ground, uh, came from Walt Disney. And it was a Kevin Bacon basketball movie called The Air Up There, where he basically ends up going to a kind of Nicaraguan village to teach them how these two warring tribes, how to play basketball. Okay. Did, did that lead to his drinking problem? Um, but yes, uh, the air up there was the biggest money earner that was released in January. I've not seen that one. Wow. That beat movies such as, wait for it, wait for it, Bill Daly. It beat Body Snatchers. And I know <laughs> Bill has told me about this movie so many times. Yes, it was the, the God knows how many times incarnation of Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Invasion of the Body Snatchers. I'm sorry, yeah. they, they're not going to beat the one with, um, what's his name? Uh, Donald Sutherland, in it. No, that is great. That, that was the original. brilliant. Yeah. And you didn't need the Nicole Kidman version either that came out in the no. 2000s. Uh, it also beat House Party 3. Proving that Kid and Play had just lost their magic after the first House Party and the Why Did You Even Make House Party 2? And yeah. sadly enough, they even made a House Party 4. Um, it also beat a, a very good Disney movie that was released simultaneously called Iron Will, uh, which was a really good kind of Alaskan snow race movie. Uh, it's pretty good, actually. Ah. I'm actually surprised that, like, you you were absolutely right. I haven't seen any of these apart from Philadelphia, but I'm quite surprised that I didn't see any of these. Yes. Because, I, I, like I said, I was properly into my films around about this time. So that's yeah. bizarre. But it also beat the Richard Gere, Sharon Stone thriller Intersection, uh, which it's not a great movie, so I'm, I'm not really no. kind of surprised. Uh, but criminally, um, the best movie that was released that month uh, was a Nicolas Cage movie called Red Rock West, uh, which is a fantastic kind of noir thriller. Um, it's out in, uh, I want to say it's kind of like Arizona, but it's uh, it's a fantastic movie. It's in the box. That film probably should have, but it, it, it didn't make a lot of money at the box office. So well, I look forward to that. I like my noir. Yes. Okay. Let's scoot forward a bit. 2004. Okay. Okay. 2004. January's box the office was dominated by Lord of the Rings Return of the King. The biggest earning release in January would be the Ben Stiller comedy Along Came Polly. No. No, no, these are missing. No, no. See, all these films I guess released. I think January might be your quiet month of movie watching. I think it is. Um, but that was the most popular January release, made the most money, uh, and that beat um, the Butterfly Effect, starring mm-hmm. Aston Kutcher. Aston Kutcher. Um, yes, he probably was the only star. decent thing that he's ever done. Yeah, you know, a lot of people like the Butterfly Effect, and I'm not sure why. Um, it, it's not a great movie. It's probably why it's been dumped uh, in this. Mm. Uh, apologies to anyone who did work on that movie. Uh, a lot of people have this false impression that it's one of these greatest movies that is made. And it really isn't. It's watchable enough. It's, it's enjoyable yeah. enough. It's, and you know. two kind of pointless sequels that came out as well. That had mm. really nothing to do with it. Uh, but also, it beat uh, 
I've so waited for this. It also beat Torque, T-O-R-Q-U-E. It's the Fast and Furious with Motorcycles, where Ice Cube rides a motorcycle. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, I, I remember it coming out. I honestly do. And I remember immediately dismissing it as well. Yeah, it, it probably should. I watched it again the other day. Yeah. I was I was morbidly fascinated by it. I was like, for some reason, I don't feel I can remember this movie. Um, and then I realized I'd mentally blocked it out when I watched it again. Um, and I was talking to good old Bill Daly about it. Hi, Bill. And uh, yes, Bill has a story about that. And I think just just the fact that as soon as I sent him a picture of me watching it, there was a laughing emoji. This was a case of, okay, this is the next Fair Game episode that we are going to do because <laughs> I want to hear his stories behind talk. Uh, this is the movie where people fight using bike foo. So Jesus Christ. fighting with bikes, yes. It's going to be a wild ride when we do do that episode. But yes, that movie made <clears throat> no money. And apparently it made no money when it came out on DVD as well. And apparently <laughs> there is a, a very good joke from Bill Daly in regards to that. Um, but yes, um, Return of the King was dominating 20 years ago. 20 years ago. Yes. That's scary. Um, Tell so me then we can go back just 10 years. So 10 years ago uh, this month, the movie that was dominating the box office was the Mark Wahlberg um, kind of a sniper movie, Lone Survivor. Lone Survivor, yeah, I remember that one. Which is a great movie. Really good movie. Uh, Well-deserving of its uh, praise. If you haven't seen that movie, uh, you should venture it out. It is really good. Um, so that was kind of riding over, ruling the box office. Uh, the biggest movie that was released uh, around this time in the January spot would be Ride Along. Ride Along would make the oh, most money. Yes. And... Uh, I wonder if that was around the time where Ice Cube and um, Kevin Hart Ke showed up yeah. in the print works. <laughs> Could be. Could be. The print works so just walked in on people who were watching the movie. And I was like, hey, didn't you used to be a rapper? <laughs> yeah. As if I would actually have the balls to say that to his face. But Ride Along would beat um, some surprising movies. Uh, surprising when you look at okay, yeah, these were the movies that were dumped in January. Uh, so we had Paranormal Activity, the marked ones. Okay, yeah, that was when that wasn't... started on the downswing. Yeah, but it was surprisingly not released on Halloween the year before, which is when those movies time kind of come out. Putting it out in January, they must Very have odd. zero faith in that movie. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, an animated movie called The Nut Job, which has since had a sequel. Uh, we also had Chris Pine as Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit, the often forgotten yeah. chapter in the Jack Ryan legacy of movies. <laughs> you know it's bad when the sum of all fears gets remembered more than Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit. Yeah. Uh, I had a PC also... game of, of sum of all fears. It was basically oh, yeah, yeah. most six. Even I had played that. Yeah. Uh, it also beat uh, I, Frankenstein. Which was really strong. Time. Aaron Haircart playing mm -hmm. Frankenstein's monster, something. It, it wasn't very good. Um, 
And uh, the other movie that it beat was uh, Rennie Holland's The Legend of Hercules 10 years ago. <laughs> How did that not rule the box oh, How? Well, I am sorry. I am sorry. Right. We ripped the shit out of this movie way back really? when. I honestly have never laughed so hard at a film's. It was, it, I, I was, I was in floods of tears just laughing at this thing. If, if you want to, if you're feeling down, find it. See if you can find it on streaming somewhere and just watch it. It's awful, but you will feel so much better about yourself afterwards. <laughs> If that shit is not on Plex for free, then I'll be amazed. You'll, you'll be able to find it. Um, but yeah, uh, I thought it was pretty funny that the fact that they beat The Legend of Hercules for the whole £2.50 that The Legend of Hercules did make at the box office. Um, but yes, uh, so they yeah. were kind of what was going on over the course of the last few decades uh, in cinema history around January. And as you can tell, January was not a great month uh, really, no. For motion pictures, it was kind of the hangover from Christmas. Um, obviously, as our episodes go on, we will uh, dive into what was kind of released around each month and what was the leading ones as part of our anniversary section. And we will get back to our regular anniversary section. Uh, yes, as yes, we will. No, and love it. But in the meantime, Steve, uh, I just got one question for you. What's in the box? What's in the box? What's in the box? What's in the box? Ah, uh, what's in the box? We're back after yes, all we are. this time. Uh, I know that you have been dying for some new movies to watch. Uh, seeing as though it took you something like four fucking months to watch the last two that we gave you. <sighs> hey, look, it's just the way that things have panned out, you know. Unfortunately, life has to get in the way at times, you know. Can't help it, but it's just the way it is. But we're back now, so stop bloody complaining. Let's cue the music. <laughs> okay, so Steve. As you were. Well, we've got the music. Explain the rules of what's in the box for our new viewers. Okay, what's in the box is the part of the show where Andy picks out the names of movies which are certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes for me to watch. Now, if I have already seen it, he goes back into the box and pulls out the name of another movie until we find one that I haven't seen. Then I've got to go away and watch it before we do our next episode. However, nowadays we've got a couple of little twists it's not just one movie it's two movies that have to get pulled out and they don't necessarily have to be guaranteed fresh they can just be guaranteed interesting enough to warrant a watch okay steve are you ready for your first one hear me with it andy let's go okay. rustling of the paper means that our first pick is steve yeah. Have you seen Good Morning Vietnam? Yes, yes, I have. Oh, there you go. That's one. I saw that years ago when I was probably a little bit too young to watch it, but still. Weren't we all? We all. Yeah. Okay. Good film, though. Number two. I'm not even going to ask this because I, I know you've seen it. I'm surprised I even put it in. Is there. it Lord of the Rings Return of the King? <laughs> no. No. But it is the Return of the Messiah. It's Monty Python's Life of Brian. Yeah, I watched, watched that over Christmas, actually. 
Oh, did you? That's yeah. a good festive Christmas it movie. It is, isn't it? To watch, yeah. isn't it? Okay, that's two down. Oh, yeah. what's our record at the moment? Is it five? Uh, it was five. Yeah. Okay, well, that's two. And we got to do this twice. Wouldn't it be weird if we had two lots of five? Ooh. Hard to beat. Okay, Steve. Yeah. Oh, man. One, I know you haven't seen it. And two, you are going to so hate me. But no, actually, no, I think you're going to enjoy this. Okay, Steve, have you seen Until the End of the World? No. Okay. So, Until the End of the World... It's great because you've got uh, William Hurt, you've got Sam Neill, mm -hmm. and the movie is five hours long. You dick. <laughs> but it is an amazing five hours long. Uh, it's a great science fiction movie that you're going to love. Just imagine it's Zack Snyder. You'll love it. Right. Right. That's five bloody hours long, and I've got to watch another one as well. Yeah. Oh, my God. God, them's the rules. I know you're not going to watch it all in one go. Anyway, we'll you'll you'll split it up over a couple of nights. Trust me, it is it is worth your time. It is a is a really great movie. Okay, go for a, a second one. So it's still the end of the world. That's great. Uh, I've watched it so twice, much. so I've spent ten hours of my life watching that movie. Steve, yeah, are you ready? Yeah, is this going to be that one which got submitted to the BBFC of just eight hours of paint drying? No. That's going to what you pull out. You're just doing this to torture me. No. That was a random choice. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, all right. You, I don't know if you've seen this one. Well, this is Curtis Hansen again. So Curtis Hansen is making a return after his uh, LA Confidential episode. Okay. In that case, chances are I've not seen it. Okay. Uh, this one stars Cameron Diaz and okay. Tony Collette, and it's called In Her Shoes. No, right. Okay. No, no, I haven't seen it, but I do remember pulling clips for it out when we did uh, The Wonder Boys. Uh, ah, so, okay, cool. Yeah. Okay, okay, so we've got In Her Shoes and a five-hour-long film. Yes. So we've got, what was it, Just at the End of the World? Until the end of the world. Until the end of the world and in her shoes. Okay, so we've got the two for next time. And this one's going to be interesting, I guess. Maybe. God, I, I need to work out a way that I can torture you as well. Although I think my very presence might do that. It's called not pressing record when you should. I'm forcing <laughs> me to go through it all again for another hour. <laughs> anyway. Um, <sighs> this has been our, our return to Hollywood. It has been... Um, it's been a challenging episode, as I say, because we, we have had some technical difficulties in getting it done, uh, yeah. but we have got it done. We're so glad to be back. You know, it, it's been, you know, it was December when you last saw us for the quiz, but that was actually recorded early November. So we've yeah. actually done, you know, the, the strike was still happening uh, when I got to LA and that quiz episode was filmed only two days after the strike ended. So I was dreading that a lot of our guests might not even be able to make it onto the show. And then yes. I was dreading, holy shit, are they going to go back to work tomorrow and won't be able to make the show? But they so, did. They were there. We had a great time. We had a cracking oh, time. Um, okay, Steve, where can you find us? 
Yes, you can hit us up on the socials, which is just appearing at the bottom of our screen, Beep, down there. We've actually got quite a nice bar at the bottom where they can all come up. Uh, but is you can catch us open again. Yes, yeah, Jerry's behind the bar. Um, it's you can catch us on Facebook dot com. You can get us on Twitter slash X at Pottywood. You can get us on uh, LinkedIn. You can get us on Reddit and snapchat and and grinder and bumble and i don't know telegram I, you can you get us somewhere i don't know if you want to find us you can find us we are on all of the places there plus we have our patreon yes we do the patreon page is where you can get longer unexpurgated there's a fun word Ooh. uh episodes uh and you can also get additional content and episodes uh landing a short while before the general public get hold of them it's all for the price of a cup of coffee a month so get your subscription over there if you would please thank you please thank you thank that you, helps please. us greatly it, it does. does because andy um, needs a new computer yeah this is true he needs, I do need he needs one that's not steam driven it's true you know i'm amazed that this computer has lasted as long as it has uh but it has become the year now where it's like you know what it's it's time to move on it is I time to to get with the times and uh get the next generation of mac in this one has served me incredibly well we'll give it a viking burial we will we will the essential movies of the 70s that you have not seen, forgotten about, or never even heard of. Volume 1 has been selling on Amazon, written by myself. Uh, it is my ode to the forgotten movies, or the movies that time would probably forget uh, from the era of the 70s. Uh, volume 2 is coming out very soon, so get hold of Volume 1 while you can. There is also a version for the 80s that is being written up as well. So start getting them while you can. Thank you very much for the feedback. And it's a great forward from Russell Mulcahy in there as well. Yeah, and uh, you can also get hold of my book, Gothic, available at all reputable ebook retailers. Um, the sequel is probably never going to come out because I'm a lazy sod and I can't be arsed writing it, basically. True. We're too busy getting the, the episodes out I've, anyway. I've got the story, but eh, whatever. Meh. Exactly. So in the meantime, we will catch you again next week. Thank you very much for joining us. Look after yourself. Happy New Year. And we'll see you soon. Bye.